To provide medical care to rural and underserved areas in the West African country of Ghana, medical services are provided by medical assistants. The medical assistant in Ghana is the analog of the physician assistant in the United States, providing a high level of care including diagnosis and prescribing of medication. In 2007, a collaboration between the Contempo Rural Training Health School Medical Assistant Program and the University of Utah Physician Assistant Program brought MAs and PAs together with a united vision of improving healthcare in Ghana. You're listening to ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, your host, and with me today is Nadia Miniclair, Physician Assistant and Director of the Ghana Clinical Medicine Rotation for the University of Utah Physician Assistant Program. And today we're discussing the PA analog in Ghana. Hi, Nadia. Welcome to ReachMD. Thank you. Nadia, let's start with discussing the current healthcare system and how medicine is delivered in Ghana. Well, Ghana has approximately 22 million people in a country the size of the state of Oregon. There are approximately 2,500 physicians and then 500 of these medical assistants or physician assistants. And so healthcare is a definite challenge in that access to healthcare not only for geographical reasons, but also for lack of health care providers, present huge barriers to access. Medicine is overseen nationally by the Ministry of Health, which oversees all the regulatory bodies, the Ghana Health Services, all the teaching hospitals, the church-based and private hospitals. Uh, The focus has always been primary health care, but really it's disease prevention and health promotion, and it's population-based care, so very different than ours, and the fact that it's done off of population needs and malpractice and lawyers and such have not appeared yet. (laughs) Well, when I was researching the history of medicine in Ghana, there's an awful lot of hospitals and clinics, thousands of them. So, you know, I look at this and I think, so what's the crisis? I understand the United States has one as well, but why so much of a need in Ghana? I think Ghana has traditionally has had one of the highest brain drain issues of all developing countries in that physicians get trained in Ghana and they are paid for, their education is paid for through the government. And then they go do specialty rotations elsewhere in the UK, in Europe, in the US. And for a while, it was two out of every three physicians trained in Ghana left. And so the Ministry of Health uh, in 2005, 6, 7 really started looking at this issue and saw as not an answer but a method to help this issue, increasing the number of PAs or MAs that are being trained and put into the underserved areas. So, yes, there's 2,500 physicians in Ghana, but the majority of them are in Accra and Kumasi, which are the two main cities of Ghana. And the rest of the country is hugely underserved as far as physicians. So the medical assistants, the nurses, the community health nurses, the technicians, as well as the lay trained individuals in the communities do health care. However, an example of this tremendous need is the medical assistant on average will see between 90 to 150 patients a day. Well, let's talk about the medical assistant for a second. The medical assistant in the United States is a bit different than the medical assistant in Ghana. So tell us what a medical assistant is there. 
A medical assistant is really analogous to a physician assistant. They do have some differences in their training in that they focus on the administrative portions as well of running a clinic. Um, however, they are licensed to treat, prescribe, and follow basically the same guidelines as the physician assistants in the U.S. A big difference is that there are not enough physicians who do direct supervision or supervision over the MAs, uh, and ideally as they increase the number of physicians in the country, they'll be able to have this more effectively done as a dependent practitioner rather than an independent practitioner. The MA is trained in the country and has been trained. The profession is 40 years old. They're celebrating their 40th year this year. Sounds familiar. Yep, exactly. And their focus has been primary care. There are no specialty MAs in the country. Um, That being said, there has been a push uh, fairly recently in collaboration with the Contempo Rural Health Training School and some programs in the UK to bring about a psychiatric training for medical assistants because there are 13 psychiatrists in all of Ghana. Ten of those are nearing or already in retirement. So really there are three practicing psychiatrists. And like anywhere else, mental health and primary care as well as just mental health issues are overwhelming. And so they are starting for the first time ever a specialty, uh, but that would be postgraduate. So the training for a medical assistant, um, there are two tracts. The original tract for medical assistance was uh, one had to be a practicing RN for a minimum of three years and then one received 18 months of training as a medical assistant. The latest that was started in 2007 takes students directly graduating from high school and they go through a four-year intensive training to become medical assistants. Now, this is very similar to the British model of medical school where they uh, come directly out of high school and do six years of training. So this is again, a shortened program similar to our PA versus medical school here, and that is to try to increase the number of MAs working in Ghana, but also to stop (laughs) taking nurses out of much-needed nursing positions to become medical assistants. If you're just joining us, you're listening to ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, and I'm speaking with Nadia Miniclair, physician assistant and director of the Ghana Clinical Medicine Rotation for the University of Utah Physician Assistant Program, and we're discussing the PA analog in Ghana. So Nadia, you actually run a rotation there for students from the University of Utah. Tell us how the University of Utah PA program got involved with Ghana. The University of Utah has been involved with one of the main medical schools and uh, teaching hospitals in Ghana in Kumasi for many years, I believe about nine. I became involved when my director, Don Peterson, and I agreed that it would be wonderful to have an international rotation in Africa, uh, as we already had one in Thailand. So I went with the School of Medicine and Public Health programs to Ghana and Kumasi and viewed the programs that they are running there, and by chance ran into the director of the Rural Health Training School, the director of all PA training in the country at that time. Uh, we had a brief meeting, and uh, within two days, I was meeting with the deputy minister. Minister of Health, Dr. Gladys Oshete at that time. Within two months, I had a delegation of the director of the Rural Health Training School, the dean of the medical school in Kumasi, the deputy minister of health, 
from Ghana, the deputy and the director of health and human resources from Ghana coming to Utah to evaluate how the University of Utah builds their academic protocols as well as viewing students and professional PAs in rural and underserved areas to really get a look at how we're doing it here and how we can share and collaborate ideas for the growth of their profession there. Well, it sounds like there was a lot of excitement. So tell us about the rotation. How does it fit into the University of Utah's education model? So the University of Utah PA program takes students in their clinical year. There is a pretty strict admissions process because we want students who are going to be able to be ambassadors, uh, not only for the profession, but also for well all other aspects while they're there. So they have to be a student in good standing. They go through an interview process and they go to Ghana and they're there approximately three and a half weeks. Two and a half of those weeks are spent in clinic paired directly one-on-one with the Ghanaian medical assistant or Ghanaian physicians, seeing and treating patients, learning medicine that is done in Ghana, and learning as a clinical student there. And then the final week is teaching at an international seminar, actually bringing sustainable information. And this is always the part that horrifies and terrifies the students the most and is always ends up being their absolute favorite portion uh, because they learn and they form friendships uh, with the professionals in Ghana as they're teaching back and forth and sharing information. And how many students travel to Ghana for this rotation? You know, it's varied from year to year as we're a fairly new program. This will be the fourth year we've had it. Um, With the economy, it's been a little challenging, but this year I have 10 PA students. And in the past, we've had family medicine residents. We've had PA students from other programs. We've had practicing clinicians as well. Both PAs and MDs come for all or part of the rotation. We actually have a large number of physicians and practicing PAs that come to teach at the international seminar. It's fun to see the PA students, once they graduate, uh, who have gone on this international rotation come back and then come for the week of teaching as a professional PA and the bonds that they've made as students in the clinical setting as well as teaching coming back as a professional to teach. has really been fun. Well, let's talk about that. What about PAs that are in the States now who are interested in getting involved in your program? I have developed it so that you get uh, AAFP, CME, credit for it. So, uh, you know, time and cost is always a challenge for people who are interested in doing international work. And this is a little bit different of a model. It's really the one that the University of Utah has stood by in that education is really one of the most strong services one can bring and most sustainable. And PAs from other places would contact me at the University of Utah, and I would have them uh, register through our international center so that they would be covered with um, insurance and all the other issues one has to have. And then they would come and teach with us. And there is an interview process that I do as well because I like to make sure that folks that are volunteering and giving of their time are coming in with an understanding of what we are about as well. And expectations are being met on all ends. So are there any plans of starting a U.S. type PA program in Ghana? Um, no. (laughs) I think, you know, I mean, they've had a PA program that has been up and running for 40 years now, and I think there are several private institutions in Ghana that are starting PA program or medical assistant programs. There is one program in particular that is calling themselves a physician assistant program because of the 
internationally recognized title of physician assistants, and this has been very worrisome, both in the Ministry of Health as well as in the educational circles in Ghana, because there is no licensed physician assistant profession in Ghana. There are only medical assistants. By training students and having students come to a private university and pay fees to become a physician assistant, they will not be able to practice in Ghana as a physician assistant. And the Ministry of Health, because they do uh, the vetting of the programs and the accreditation of programs, have made this program to follow the medical assistant training. So the person will train as a PA at that school. However, they will practice as a medical assistant in Ghana. The fear from the Ministry of Health has been, and I think rightfully so, that if you call this profession something other than it is, it will cause a lot of confusion in the public who has been used to having medical assistance in their primary care settings. And it will also potentially raise concern about brain drain and a false impression that if you become a PA, you can go to the U.S. and be a PA, which is certainly not uh, at a point where we are, you know, <laughs> we don't take foreign medical graduates in the PA arena here. Well, that makes sense. Something else that I saw that you involved in is the Ghana Women's Health Initiative pilot study. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, as we were working in the primary care clinics, it became evident that uh, women's health and the need for it uh, is tremendous. I started doing literature searches on cervical cancer screening, and there has been some fantastic developments internationally on this in that you can do a one-step visit. So the woman comes in, she has a pelvic exam. Because there are only two pathologists in all of Ghana, doing PAPS is absolutely not something that would be feasible. Also, most clinics have no access to either mail or transportation within a broader region to get any samples anywhere. So we started looking at literature and literature um, showing that you can do either a vinegar or an iodine stain on the cervix, look for lesions, and then freeze them with beverage-grade carbon dioxide, which is used everywhere in Ghana. And then if you saw a lesion that was too big, you'd have to have a referral base to send them to a gynecologist for further treatment. A study had been done by Japigo through Johns Hopkins in 1999, funded by Bill and Melinda Gates, for five years in Accra, so the big capital city and uh, urban areas, and showed that uh, this was very feasible. Our goal in the pilot study this summer was to show that in the more rural and tribal polygamous communities, would this be accepted culturally? And so we did some outreach as far as radio broadcast, and we actually had the midwives that did the original study as some of our trainers, along with our U.S.-based uh, physician and PA team, doing the actual evaluation. And we had thousands of women come from all over the country who were very eager and supported by their chiefs and their compounds that they live in for this. We screened over 500 women uh, because we were only able to do five days' worth because of equipment and funding issues as all research <laughs> seems to be limited by. We uh, found very similar findings as far as cervical cancer and uh, referral needs and treatment needs amongst the women that had been found in the big cities and the urban areas. So we're hoping to be able to ramp this up. The Ministry of Health has taken a very big interest and is actually wanting to put this as part of their um, mission, is to increase preventive health care screenings. Well the, well, the international rotation is very exciting. I wish they would have offered that while I was in school. We look forward to watching your program grow and inspiring other universities to offer something very similar. And we thank you, Nadia, for coming on the show. Thank you. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Please visit our website at ReachMD.com, which features our entire library through on-demand podcasts. 
And you can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Thanks for listening.